with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And it is the day after Groundhog Day on 93.1. Warren Wishart in the host chair as usual. Steve on the board. Good morning, Alan. Morning. And speaking of Groundhog Day very quickly, from what I could gather from looking at things yesterday, all the groundhogs north of the border said winter is basically over. The ones south of the border said we've got six more weeks. So I'm going to believe the Canadian ones, if that's okay with you guys. And very familiar voice. Every month we talk to Stephanie Dial, the Manager of Communications and Philanthropy at the YMCA of Northern BC. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning, and I am 100% on board with going with the Canadian Groundhog. <laughs> I've kind of figured you and a lot of other people around town would be. Now, I'm guessing to some extent you, like so many other groups in the city, especially those who deal with recreation and service with the public, are waiting for Friday to find out what is going to happen with the public health orders. <laughs> yes, I think every British Columbian is probably eagerly waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that said, we have quite um, quite a lot of programs and services that are operating in a COVID-friendly way. Mm-hmm. So um, even group fitness has been operating in a low-impact capacity. So one of my favorite classes uh, is Muscle Fit, which is um, a choreographed class to weight. So that's a great example of a class that's still happening. Um, Senior Fit is still happening. It's a low-impact class um, and is very popular for um, seniors and older adults. Mm to to keep active and um, move their bodies and and get some strength. And, um, you know, we have been able to continue some children programming as well. So we're grateful that we've been able to to offer something and not just be in complete shutdown mode, uh, you know, for us, but also for the community. We know that um, the January blues have been real. (laughs) And uh, I think uh, worse than ever for a lot of folks. So really happy that we've been able to, you know, offer some services and some supports for for children and for families and for youth in the community. Now, you guys do have one big event. I guess it's already started to some extent. And again, Megathon, quite a different look this year. It is. So we just announced uh, last week that uh, Megathon is returning, which we're very excited about. I believe this is our fifth year, and this is the fourth year that Brink Group has stepped up to sponsor the event. So our goal is to raise $10,000 at our Megathon event. It will happen on March 13th. So that stuff's all kind of um, normal for Megathon, but typically uh, it happens at the Prince George Family Wide. And you come and partake in a bunch of classes and challenges with us. and You know, kind of make some personal goals and then collect pledges. Uh, of course, we can't do that mm-hmm. this year. And so, um, you know, we've got some really innovative staff who've gone back to the drawing board and thought about uh, how can we raise money for local families and how can we encourage the community to live healthier. Okay. And so uh, we're going to be doing that kind of in two parts for Megathon this year. So we will be offering uh, two classes virtually for the event on the 13th. So there'll be a Zumba class online followed by a yoga class. And those will be family-friendly classes. So our hope is that, you know, you'll plug in the HDMI to your laptop, bring that up on the TV, and the whole family can participate in that together. 
And then in the afternoon, um, so about a week before the event, we're going to launch um, our Get Active like fitness checklist. And it will encourage you to like get out in the community, maybe like climb the hub cupcakes or go for a walk. Uh, things that you can do to move your body uh, as a family. Now, I'm not too sure, um, based on Prince George weather at this time of year, I'm not too sure the cut banks are going to be all that climbable at the beginning of March. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a lot of different options. Oh, so good. that's, um, <laughs> you know, regardless of your children's age or regardless of your fitness level, uh, everyone can get involved, everyone can raise money, can cross off, um, you know, those challenges. And uh, we're also giving away a Nintendo Switch. Wow. So uh, every um, $10 that you raise and mm -hmm. every item that you complete off the checklist will be one entry to that Nintendo Switch. Okay, so it's not going to be whoever raises the most money. It's not going to be whoever checks off the most activities. They'll have a better chance, but everybody will be in. Yeah, exactly. We really wanted to you know, make sure it was inclusive and just really encourage people to get on with their bodies. We know there's a huge um, connection between physical and mental health, and so we hope that this is something that families can do together to partake in, and then we also hope that, um, you know, they'll make donations and we'll be able to support local kids at the same time. So again, just so I'm clear on this then, basically March the 6th, which is a Saturday, is when the family challenge, if you will, starts, and then March the 13th is the big day, the Saturday. Yeah, so March the 13th is the day we'll be encouraging everyone to get out. Um, mm -hmm. You'll see lots of Y Girl out in the community that day. Um, we'll have community partners getting involved. Uh, but we, uh, we've we already been asked for the checklist, um, mm -hmm. and so we're kind of keeping it under wraps until about a week before. Um, so, yeah, on the 6th, like that weekend, you can expect that to launch, so then maybe you can plan together what items you want to do as a family the next weekend. Okay, now, are there any limits on who can take part in the Megathon this year? Not at all. We, uh, we want everyone to take part. So uh, even if you've got, you know, your little toddlers on home, we hope that they will do Zumba in the living room with you. And we hope that you will uh, take that checklist and get out and do some healthy, active activities as a family uh, or as a couple or, you know, whoever your household or your bubble is. And now the Megathon, uh, you said it had a goal of $10,000. I think the big thing that you have to remember as well is this is part of the Strong Kids campaign, isn't it? It is. So we are getting ready to launch our Strong Kids campaign on February 16th. So you'll be hearing more about that. And Megathon kind of rounds up the campaign. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, a lot of people still really just don't know that the Y is a charity. Yeah. And, um, you know, we subsidize about $300,000 locally every year. And that's to uh, provide memberships to families that can't afford it. That's to send kids to camp. That's to uh, subsidize the Beyond the Bell program. And, you know, it's, it's that work that the money that we raise goes to support. Okay. Now, and just so people are clear, even if this Friday Dr. Bonnie Henry announces that things are a lot more open in terms of the public health order, the Megathon is still going to be taking place virtually. Yes. Uh, we, you know, we anticipate, um, we want to be, even if we do uh, get some restrictions lifted on Friday, uh, we know collectively <laughs> from the last year 
uh, that that can change at any time. And so it was really important to us that we made an event that, um, you know, regardless of where we are with restrictions, is safe, um, is friendly, and just anyone can partake in. Um, Even those that, um, if things are open, maybe are a little bit more concerned. You know, like Bonnie Henry said the whole time, we can go for a walk. So really encouraging uh, things that we can do and hopefully you can do in your everyday life after and feel a little inspired to do so. Okay, and then the two classes on the March 13th, the Saturday, are classes where I'm assuming you don't need a whole lot of room to do them either, because if people are going to be doing them at home, they're not going to have like a gymnasium probably at home to work in. Exactly. We chose those classes specifically uh, based on uh, that they're family friendly, so they're you know they're really. Um, simple that anyone from all like fitness levels or ages can partake and enjoy them and also like no equipment is needed so you can literally just turn on your computer that morning and um and and tune in to those and do them from anywhere in your home wow kind of handy and again they're going to be they're going to be fairly low intensity i'm guessing if they're going to be family oriented yes they'll definitely um for those that come to our classes um they would know that our instructors uh, do a really great job of offering like a lot of variations. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone who's going to be watching from home and you want um, a little bit more intense, they'll offer some, you know, um, variations and some modifications for that. Okay. And the same with folks that want a little bit less of a challenge. So uh, really encouraging that, you know, anyone can enjoy these classes and join us and and I feel pretty confident saying have a really enjoyable Saturday morning workout. So the one class is Saturday morning, the other class is Saturday afternoon. Did I understand that right? They're uh, one after the other. So I'm oh. going off the top of my head, Alan, but I think Zumba's <laughs> at like 10 o'clock and then yoga's at about 1130. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you can like dance and sweat and then have a nice, really good stretch together uh, before you head outside to do some other activity. Well, I'm assuming at some point in there you're going to grab some lunch. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> You'll need to take a lunch break. And then is there a time limit for when you have to get all of the entries in for all the activities you took part in and all of the donations? It will be um, Monday, so the day after, and we'll have a number of drop-off locations. So, um, of course, the Prince George Family Y will be a drop-off location. Right. Active Body uh, has always been a huge supporter, and they've already confirmed that they will be a drop-off location. So we'll have um, more information about where those are going to be and kind of how that process takes place. Um, anywhere that's a drop-off location will also be somewhere where you could pick up a printed checklist. Okay. It'll be available on the website if you want to print it at home. But if you're like me and you don't have a printer at home or you're constantly out of ink for that printer, <laughs> um, then you can also stop by any of those locations and pick up a copy ready to go. So that stuff will all be uh, really clearly laid out on the website a little bit closer to the day of. Okay, so just... Maybe to make it a little bit easier for people, will you have the list of locations maybe out before the actual list of um, activities is out so people can sort of plan to go to that place on the March 6th or whatever without having to check and find out where they're supposed to go and then having to make a special trip possibly? Yep, absolutely. So those are already being published on the website Ah. as our partners are confirming. Okay. Um, like I mentioned, Active Bodies are uh, the first to be added mm-hmm. along with the Y on the list, so they're already on there, and I anticipate we'll be adding a few more soon. And 
So basically, you don't have to really sign up anywhere. Where you sign up is when you pick up your um, participation form. You're 100% correct. So that's a really big change where in the past we always required folks to sign up ahead of time with Megathon and that was because we were um, trying to make sure that we had uh, like enough space and classes Mm -hmm. for people. And uh, so this year you don't. Uh, You just have to plan to take part and that's it. Exactly. Pick up that checklist and then we'll know you took part when you return it in after with uh, your donations and with your tasks completed. Okay, now if people just want to donate to mm-hmm. the Megathon and for whatever reason, maybe they're going to be busy on the Saturday so they can't participate, how do they go about donating to the Megathon? Yes, so uh, please, if you can't participate or if you're just like listening, you're like, hey, well, that's still just really not my <laughs> thing. Um, we are, you know, always looking for donations. You can donate any time of the year. You can do that on our website at nbc.ymca.ca, or you can do that in person at the Prince George Family Y. Okay. And that, of course, is the one on... Uh, 2020 Massey Drive. Right. I, I was pretty sure it was on Massey Drive. I just could not remember okay. the exact address. Okay. So, basically then, people now... Is there much that people can do right now then for Megathon? If they're not going to donate, they can they can take part in some of the activities that you're outlining, but they won't, shall we say, get credit for them, right? Uh, no, you know, it's um, honesty is one of our core values. So yeah. we, you know, we trust those participating that um, they'll do those activities on the day of. You mm-hmm. can absolutely, you know, get out and get moving. That's what we want yeah. folks to do. And uh, you can think of it as practicing or training together. Maybe Megathon can be your goal. Um, and, and and just like if you were getting ready for, you know, the, the event that we've known in the past, it would be the same thing. Uh, starting to think about some things that you'd like to do to get active, um, making some goals to do those together. And the other thing is just talking about the event. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sharing, um, you know, when you're talking with folks, when you're on your social media, uh, just letting people know that you're planning to get involved and maybe what kind of things you might do. Um, asking people, you know, to pledge you if you're participating mm-hmm. in the event. That's like really the best thing you can do is just help us let everyone know and encourage everyone to support the event and the campaign. Sounds great. Stephanie Diol with the YMC of Northern BC. One more time, what's the website? www.nbc.ymca.ca And as always, Stephanie, great to talk with you. Thank you very much. We'll probably have to do this again next month, which will be just before Megathon. It it should be. Thanks so much, Alan. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and be back with more after 9. Give your morning a boost with some sounds from above with Songs in the Chapel now on Sunday mornings at 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Join me, Corey Walker, as I fill the airwaves with the sounds of heavenly gospel music. I feature a mixture of traditional country, bluegrass, southern, and black gospel, and even a little bit of worship and contemporary Christian music. An inspiring message from the Salvation Army's Heartbeat series is featured in every show. As Songs in the Chapel now at 9 a.m. on Sundays, only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. At the YMCA, we continue to provide frontline pandemic supports to our community, including essential childcare, mental health services, and assistance to seniors. We believe that health is a right, not a privilege. We need your help now more than ever. Ensure that our community continues to have the supports it needs to thrive. 
Visit nbc.ymca.ca and make a gift today. Make your recycling chores more convenient with R3 Recycling. R3 is an inexpensive, stress-free way to recycle your plastic, paper, cans, and more, reducing your weekly waste disposal load. Simply separate and clean your recyclables, then R3 will pick up from your curbside, front porch, or garage, whichever works best for you. It's less than $10 a month with bins included. Commercial rates are also available. Operating in the Prince George area for more than 10 years, R3 Recycling. Call 250-963-9073 today. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries this morning, then a mix of sun and cloud. A wind up to 15K, a high of minus 7 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 10. Tonight, periods of snow, wind becoming south 20 gusting to 40 after midnight. The temperature steady near minus 5 with a wind chill to minus 12. Cloudy on Thursday with a 40% chance of flurries in the morning, then periods of snow in the afternoon, a high of minus 2. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, I think our second guest actually tried phoning through. We're having a few problems with the phone system every now and then. So, uh, James, if you uh, can try calling us back again, the same number, uh, that would be great. In the meantime, bring you up to date on a few other things that are going on. I've mentioned this a couple of times in the past, but again, now the deadline is this Friday for the regional district of uh, Fraser Fort George and their um, regional park plan. They've got the uh, regional park plan for direction and priorities for the next 10 years. Last fall, they did the public survey to hear what people wanted to see in the parks. Now they've got the draft plan in place, and they are looking for comments on that. As I say, though, the comments have to be in, excuse me, by Friday, and you go to RDFFG. Dot bc dot ca and that's also where you can excuse me that's also where you can find the full plan uh, something else coming up and again this was something talked about with Colleen van Mook, um last week or the week before I can't remember which about downtown Winterfest and they now have the details on it specifically what it is is starting on Sunday. You just go downtown. There's no special events, of course, this year, unfortunately, because of COVID. But uh, there's still all kinds of stores open downtown. You've got the Farmer's Market down there. There's all kinds of restaurants and dining establishments, um, art galleries, um, unique shops and businesses. There's all kinds of fun that you can have down there. And what you do is starting on Sunday, if you're downtown, look for snowflakes and the Winterfest hashtag on business windows. And... You take a selfie in front of the five downtown businesses, tag Downtown PG on Facebook or Instagram it before February 14th at 4 o'clock, and they've got three gift certificate prizes, $500, $250, or $100. And if you'd like uh, more information on that or the more details about what all is going on with Downtown Winterfest this year, uh, go to the website, downtownpg.com. Again, it's funny, it's amazing how people are adjusting these different events with COVID in, in mind, with uh, usually having the, here's another one, the um, Prince George Symphony Orchestra. They had three concerts planned for the spring season. Um, unfortunately, of course, they have not been able to do that. So what they've done is they're now going to stream the concerts now, they are um, doing it as $20 per household for each concert, and you can get those as of tomorrow, February the 4th, at pgso.com, 
or call them at 250-562-0800 or drop by their office at 2880 15th Avenue, our old stomping grounds, between 9 and 4.30 weekdays, Monday to Friday. And the three concerts they're going to be live streaming on February the 14th on Valentine's Day, Picturing Spring in Winter. Uh, on March 7th, it's a kinder concert, so it's basically aimed at kids 3 to 8, but anyone who's young at heart can enjoy it. And it's called String Beans. And then the following Saturday, March 13th, Baroque Hits. They usually do, I think they usually do a Baroque concert almost every year, it seems to me. So this is their uh, wrap-up for the spring season. Again, you can get all the information, and the tickets are $20 per household, available as of tomorrow at pgso.com. So give the Prince George Symphony Orchestra a hand, because they, again, are struggling to uh, survive during uh, times of COVID when they can't because they usually sell out their concerts no matter which hall they're in, and they did sell out when they were doing it in the fall. They were doing four concerts a week, and they could only have 50 people at a time inside the ballroom at the Treasure Cove Prestige, I believe is where it was, and they were selling those out, all four of them, each weekend. So obviously the desire is there. This is something... I'm hoping to have somebody on next week to talk more about this. Uh, the same people who organized the Candy Cruise Prince George at Halloween have got a Family Day Adventure Cruise coming up on Family Day, which is February the 15th. It runs between 11 and 5. They have 25 activities all over the city. And with some of them, you, you get photos, you complete the tasks. Most of them can be completed by using public transit or walking. Only a few of them can only be done by car, so it's available to support everybody. And some of the objectives also have free giveaway items, like you might be able to get some cookies at some of them. Um, to be entered, mark the card when you complete the challenges, take photos and post them, and a copy of your field card to Instagram or Facebook between 10 o'clock on February 16th with the hashtag PG Adventure Cruise. And the winners will be drawn from different categories, uh, completed cards, partial cards, best photo, random photo draw, and others. Now, if they are looking for the chance, if parents are looking for a chance to do something with their kids, obviously they can take part in this. But a lot of the prizes are sort of involved with that as well. They've got an Xbox Series X as one prize, a Nintendo Switch, a $100 gift certificate to Triple O's, $100 gift certificate to Coop's Bikes, $50 gift certificate to Busker's Diners, an Overhang Family Pass, a Downtown Family Experience prize package, a VR experience at Game Changers VR, um, Downtown PG is providing a propane fire pit with s'mores for the whole family, and there's a lot more prizes as well. So if you would like more information on that, um, go to, I'm just checking here, uh, Family Day Adventure Cruise on Facebook. We'll give you the information as it becomes available, and then uh, you print or download the card, and you complete the adventures on February the 15th. And get yourself in for some great prizes and have some fun on Family Day with your family, amazingly enough. Something else just announced, I think, earlier this week, actually, Prince George Live, February the 28th. So the very last day of the month. That's the only month you can say that about, by the way, that the 28th is the last day of the month. Starting at 6 o'clock on CKPG-TV and online at pgcf.ca. 
PGCF, that stands for Prince George Community Foundation, and that's who this is in aid of. It's local music and art, comedy, interviews, inspiring stories. They're looking to raise funds for the Community Foundation because, again, they cannot hold their usual public events because of COVID. And I'm trying to remember because I did see a list of who some of the people are who are going to be involved. I believe uh, musicians will include Studio 720 and Rick Stavely. Uh, Emily Holmes will have some of her artworks there. And Mike McGuire will be doing some comedy. So it should be great, great show, and I'm sure they'll have some more people listing. Um, for more information on that, you can go to pgcf.ca. But again, keep some time open on February the 28th. Uh, that'll be a Sunday evening, I believe, at 6 o'clock for Prince George Live in support of the Prince George Community Foundation. Something else that's coming up fairly soon now, actually. It's, uh, what, just over a week away, the first of the mega 50-50 jackpot draws from the Spruce Kings uh, show home. It is, um, obviously, the show home is not open because of COVID. Gee, how often am I saying that about things? But they have got the uh, the early bird draws have been going. They've got the two mega 50-50 jackpots, which are worth up to $100,000 each. And I think the first one, I think they're getting close on that. That draw will be February the 12th. And then the grand prize home draw and the second mega 50 jackpot will be on April 30th, 2021. You can only get your tickets online at Spruce King show home all one word dot ca or call 1-855-962-4946 and if you go to the spruce kings uh show home dot ca that'll give you all the information that is spruce king show home dot ca that'll give you all the information you need we are going to take a quick break and be back with more after nine the Regional District of Fraser Fort George is working with McKenzie, McBride, and Valemount to get a better understanding of how internet and cellular service within the region can be improved. Part one in the process includes a survey for residents and business owners in the region to find out utilization of current services, possible gaps, and ideas for improvement. Find the survey through the connectivity study post on the notice board at rdffg.bc.ca. Hard copies are available at municipal offices or by contacting the Regional District office. The BC Chamber of Commerce and the Association for Cooperative Education and Work Integrated Learning has launched Talent Forward. Connecting businesses with skilled post-secondary students looking for work experience, Talent Forward benefits businesses with temporary, cost-effective labor while equipping students with skills for the future. Full details on the program are available through the news and events link at bcchamber.org. Talent Forward, from the Association for Cooperative Education and Work Integrated Learning and the BC Chamber of Commerce. Insight, influence, impact. Conversations with Landscape, 45 Days in a Kutsut from Montreal-based artist Linka Novakocha is on display now at Two Rivers Gallery. The exhibit takes the form of an installation developed as a response to and reflection upon nearly two months spent in the small coastal community on the west coast of Greenland. Conversations with Landscapes, 45 Days in a Kutsut from Montreal's Linka Novakocha on now at Two Rivers Gallery where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. The BC Schizophrenia Society has developed youth social media channels. It's a way for the society to share information about upcoming programs and services aimed at children and youth. The BCSS youth team is also sharing information, resources, and tools about mental health and substance use, helpful for children and youth as they navigate their own ways of supporting a family member with mental illness. Find out more through the BCSS youth link at bcss.org. 
British Columbia Schizophrenia Society, a reason to hope, the means to cope. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George, this is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Our Richard in the host chair as usual for a Wednesday with Steve on the board. And uh, are you like most people, Steve? You're going to believe the Canadian groundhogs? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I found it kind of strange. That as far as I could tell from looking at the websites yesterday, all of the Canadian ones said the same thing, early spring. Mm-hmm. There's only a couple in the U.S., I guess, like Tonksatonga, Phil, of course, being the most famous. But all of the American ones I saw reports on saw their shadows. So another six weeks. I'm, I, yeah, I'm hoping that, uh, well, I'm also kind of hoping that, um, I wonder, can we sort of extrapolate the groundhogs to public health orders? <laughs> like, hope that that means the public health orders are going to end soon and not be extended for another six weeks? Mm. That might be pushing things? That, that's a far stretch. Yes. Well, my... Understanding, because again, I don't have any real inside information on this, but just like, you know, from looking at the numbers over the last little while and everything, I don't think we're going to see a relaxation from Dr. Bonnie Henry. No. But I don't think we're going to see anything more, shall we say, severe. I don't think we're going to go back to where we were. I think she's just going to say, okay, we're just going to keep this going for now. It's hard to say. Yeah. Well, again, our numbers have not been bad. The problem with COVID as well, of course, is you look at the numbers and you've got to remember the number of cases and everything are the number of people who actually got the disease a week to two weeks ago. So people who you're seeing reported as being active cases just reported like yesterday, say, they got it probably mid-January. So it's a totally different time frame you're looking at then, which is one of the reasons that they have such a hard problem trying to decide, I think, what to do. Well, I mean, it's the thing is, it's like um, you you want to relax. Yeah. But, I mean, like they talk about variants and more variants coming out. Yeah. And, of course, we all have them now. I mean, we've got the North, well, the African, we got yeah. the UK, and, like, we, as the public, know nothing about it, only what we're told. Yeah. And we're not uh, really being told anything No. Yet. Well, I think part of it is because they are not too concerned when they do the reports on how many cases there are each day and everything. I don't think they're concerning themselves too much with saying, okay, there were this many new cases in Northern Health reported Tuesday. X number were regular COVID-19, Y number were the UK variant. No, they just figure people just want to know how many cases. Because the other thing, and I may not have caught up on this totally, but I'm pretty sure it would have made the news. As far as I can understand, the vaccines that have currently been okayed work on all the variants as well. Hmm. I have not heard anything to say that they've got a variant that's resistant to vaccines. A couple of the companies have said, yeah, it, it, it would. Yeah. You know, but I mean, like, the case numbers, yeah, they're down. Yeah. But, I mean, what happened to rapid testing? Like, testing's gone by the wayside. Well, to some extent. And they, if the testing goes up, so do the numbers. Yeah. And that's almost to be expected, really. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something I couldn't figure out. 
was everybody seemed to be so concerned about the number of, like, a percentage of positive tests in Northern Health. Well, I was thinking if the number of people being tested is going up, then more positive tests means more people who think they might have it are being tested to start with. Mm -hmm. You're not having the guy sitting at home going, well, I'm pretty sure I don't have it because I want to keep going to work and everything. So I'm not going to bother getting tested. That's the kind of guy who you don't want around. You Mm -hmm. want the guy who says, I don't know. I've got a couple of the symptoms. I'm going to go and get tested. And yeah, he comes back positive. So that's like, in his case, that's 100% of the tests that they did were positive. But that's a good thing because he has been tested and now they can start to work around him. But then you got to do the contract tracing. Yes. But again, you can do that only when you've got somebody who's been tested positive. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, okay, we're going to take Joe Blow at random. And okay, who have you been in touch with in the last two weeks just in case you've got COVID? You can't do that. You've no. got to be. You've got to have the positive test to start with. Um, I think the other thing that may also influence things Friday when the next announcement is expected to be made. It may even, of course, come down tomorrow, just to get ahead of things. Is spring break, which I know in the Prince George School District is, I believe, like basically the last couple of weeks of March, leading into the first week of April first weekend in April. I don't know if that's the same province-wide or not. It used to be, but then they gave the school districts the choice of... It's been a long time since you were in school, Alan. It's probably changed since you were there. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, remember, I worked for newspapers for years, though, covering school board meetings. And I know, like, out west in Vanderhoof, Burns Lake, in that school district, when they got the opportunity to change their dates, they would check and see when the provincial one was, and then they would, if possible at the beginning of the school year, get a look at the long-range forecast and say, okay, when do they figure breakup is going to be in the forest? Because there's no sense having the kids off for two weeks and then the parents are off the next two weeks because all the forest roads are shut down because of breakup. Absolutely. You want to try to get them to coincide. So they were very happy to be able to make the changes if they had to. Um, as I say, I don't know for sure if that's the situation now. I don't know if everybody's gone back to basically the same two weeks. But I would have to think that in one way or another is going to factor into whatever announcement is made. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's going to announce another month, which would take us to the beginning of February or March. And then at that point, do something that will take us through spring break. Or she's just going to say, we're going to go until mid-April with what we've got now because that'll cover well a couple of weeks family day 15th 15th as well as spring break and the rest of it so this is the other thing of course is most people i think i could say safely are doing the due diligence if you will they're wearing their masks they're staying six feet apart they're staying in their bubble it doesn't take that many people, though, who aren't to cause mm-hmm. a problem. And that's what they have to do with Dr. Bonnie Henry and the rest of the people down there is they've got to look and say, okay, what are the occasions coming up in the next little while? Well, another one even this weekend, Super Bowl Sunday. There you go. A lot of people like to get together on Super Bowl Sunday oh, yeah. and watch the game. They'll be getting together. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll have a large enough living room that they can stay six feet apart. No. It's going to be tough, of course, to keep your masks on because one of the things with Super Bowl Sunday is, hey, we're going to have snacks. And beer. Yes. 
And I know the pubs and clubs are also still kind of wondering, okay, what are the rules going to be? Because it was like, what, two days beforehand was when they gave the uh, restrictions for New Year's Eve and said, you have to be closed by this time on uh, New Year's Eve. And uh, the bars and the clubs and pubs were a little bit unhappy. They hadn't gotten word earlier. And it sounds like the same thing is sort of happening right now. They're not sure what the situation is going to be in terms of what their hours are going to be. But uh, we are going to take a quick break. And we'll be back with more after 9. We are living in stressful times. Among the hardest hit are caregivers, health care providers, and people living with dementia. If you're feeling extreme stress, the Alzheimer Society of B.C. encourages you to seek extra support, such as speaking to a trusted friend, calling their First Link Dementia Helpline, or connecting with a mental health professional. Visit their Caregiver Stress webpage to read the 10 warning signs of stress and the Caregiver Stress Checklist. Find out where your stress level is at. Go to alzbc.org slash caregiverstress. The BC Schizophrenia Society is in the process of trying to secure funding so services will remain uninterrupted, working closely with various ministries to achieve this objective, but they need your help. Write a letter of support or contact your local MLA to let them know how important funding for continued services to you and your family. For more information on the letter-writing campaign, check out the message from BCSS CEO in the What's Current section at bcss.org. Community Arts Council memberships are now due. In order to facilitate online renewals and payments, their website, studio2880.com, has been upgraded. You can now pay online by credit card or e-transfer. You will find the membership renewal page under the Gallery and Shop link at studio2880.com. If you wish to renew in person or by check, drop by the gift shop Tuesday through Thursday between 11 and 5, or you can send it by mail. Full details on membership options are available at studio 2880 Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries this morning, then a mix of sun and cloud. Wind up to 15K, a high of minus 7 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 10. Tonight, periods of snow, wind becoming south 20, gusting to 40 after midnight. The temperature steady near minus 5 with a wind chill to minus 12. Cloudy on Thursday with a 40% chance of flurries in the morning, then periods of snow in the afternoon, a high of minus 2. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we are back and joined now on the phone by the Vice President with the Canucks Autism Network, Stephanie, and I'm going to take a, I'm hoping I'm getting this right, is it Stephanie Jull? Oh, perfect. Well oh, done. Yes. I got one right. I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a note on the wall right now. <laughs> now, I guess first question, because a lot of people may not have heard of it, what is the Canucks Autism Network? I mean, it sounds fairly straightforward. Yeah, well, thanks for asking. Um, yeah, we're a nonprofit organization. Uh, started about 13 years ago in uh, Vancouver, and we started with one recreational soccer program, actually, for kids with autism. And uh, since that time, we've grown to serve thousands and thousands of families across British Columbia. Uh, we have a large number of sport and rec programs for kids, also lots of programs for youth and adults, including employment programs and social programs and mental health initiatives. And we also have a big arm of our organization that does training and awareness. So we've grown a lot in 13 years. Wow. Yeah, so now I'm guessing then, how long did it 
take, shall we say, to get out of Vancouver area? Because I'm assuming that's where you started so that everything could be sort of centralized to start with and make sure everybody knew what was going on. About how long ago did you start to expand away from Vancouver and the Lower Mainland? Yeah, actually, we we tried to do that fairly early on. I think it was around our third year that we started experimenting with a little bit of programming in Victoria, Mm -hmm. a little bit of programming in Kamloops. Uh, We have quite a bit of programming now in Kelowna and Nanaimo. Those are the areas where most of our in-person programs are concentrated. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm excited to talk to you today, actually, about a new initiative to reach families living in northern B.C. Now, is this the first initiative up in northern BC, or have you guys been active in Prince George already? Uh, well, we've actually, I've personally been up to Prince George, I think, three or four times. Oh. Uh, we've done primarily focused on training and outreach initiatives mm-hmm. uh, in northern BC up to this point. Mm-hmm. So I've uh, done training with a range of groups, including uh, lots of sports and recreation organizations. Um, I've done work with a couple of the school districts in northern BC just to talk about autism awareness and mm-hmm. acceptance. So, uh, yeah, we've been, uh, I think we've had a presence in the north in terms of training now for probably five or six years. Okay. So now this new program that you guys are introducing, is this sort of the first program up this way that is aimed more at the actual autistic individuals? Yeah, so this one is is quite unique. So um, we know the COVID pandemic has obviously been Mm. hard on everyone. Uh, In response to the start of the pandemic, uh, Connects Autism Network did something brand new, which was we moved a whole bunch of our programs online. Uh, So we have these programs where uh, it's there for kids or youth or adults, depending on the program, and you register and you attend six weeks. Uh, We have, you know, we have active programs. We have a baseball program. We have drama programs. We have uh, arts and crafts, and then for youth and adults, we have like movie watching clubs and fitness and just social meetups. So a whole range of things. Um, but one thing we were noticing was that one of the barriers that we saw for certain families was access to a device, mm-hmm. so a way to actually get you know see the programs, mm-hmm. and in particular, um, like a data enabled device, so access to internet as well. Yeah. So what we did was we applied for some funding uh, to the Government of Canada's Emergency Community Support Fund and the Community Foundations of Canada. And we were really uh, excited to receive funding to purchase some devices, which we then uh, worked with our local partners in Prince George, Prince Rupert, and Kitimat. So each of those local partners now has 10 uh, data-enabled iPads that they're able to loan out to local families to make sure that, you know, families living in northern BC do have an opportunity to access these programs if the device is the barrier. Okay. So now the the iPads then, are they are the families, given the understanding that these are basically just for use with the autism programming? Essentially right now, that's the way mm-hmm. the program functions, is they, they sign it out for those six weeks so that they can access those virtual programs. Mm. Um, we are talking with our partners about ways to kind of evolve the program as mm-hmm. we keep going. Our intention is to run this for the long term. Um, yeah, and also just to kind of look at demand and see if we need to get some more devices up north. Um, but also, I just really want to emphasize that uh, if you already have means to accessing the programs, you know, everyone up north is welcome to check them out. And you can yeah. find them all at connectsautism.ca. Okay. Now, most of the programs then um, are most of the programs we're talking about here are designed for the autistic individual. There's no, You don't have anything in the way of training programs on these iPads. The training programs are something totally different. 
Yeah, the training programs are, are quite customized. So mm-hmm. when we have a group reach out to us, like actually recently we did a training with Prince George Minor Hockey Association, mm-hmm. uh, and they were looking for some information about how to include autistic children in their uh, in their hockey programs, which mm-hmm. is awesome. So we liaison with them and made sure we created, um, well, used some of our content that's you know very specific to hockey and, and making sure that coaches know what they need to know. And we did a virtual training for them via Zoom this past fall. So Zoom is amazing that way. We no longer have to fly someone uh, up north. We can reach a lot of people quite efficiently with training. Yeah, and you can reach them right across the province if you want to as well. Like you wouldn't have to do this in Prince George. Now, with the... um with the ability to do that, are you finding that more groups in, say, the last year or two have started reaching out to the Connects Autism Network for help in dealing with autistic individuals in their groups, like how to incorporate them? You know, I would say, honestly, it's been a mix. So mm-hmm. a lot of our training uh, up to this point, we we have a really good set of training for sport and recreation providers. Mm. Um, and, you know, that group uniquely has been quite impacted by the pandemic mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, we've seen restrictions come and go. And um, a lot of those groups are really even struggling financially right now just to try to figure out how to be sustainable with many fewer participants in their programs. So we I would say we've seen a reduction in, in interest from those groups right now just because they are under so much stress. Mm-hmm. But along with that, you know, we also do training for schools. We do training for first responders about autism, as well as, like, essentially any community organization that's just looking for support on how to be more inclusive. So museums, um, community attractions, you know, we've trained IKEA, Mm -hmm. like a whole (laughs) range of groups. Um, We're always welcome to work with anyone. Now, speaking generally... Has COVID been really tough on individuals with autism? Because I know um, we have a couple of people with autism who are volunteers at the station here, and they say one of the biggest things they don't like is change. Autistic people, for the most part, like to have everything as a routine. I would think COVID really has caused problems for some people. That is what we're hearing from a lot of folks as well. So, and that's it in a nutshell. You nailed it. So that major disruption to routine uh, has been a challenge. Uh, the other piece I would say is, you know, like all of us, social isolation, just not being able to have that in-person interaction with the people who are really critical supports in their life. Yeah. Um, so, yes, absolutely, it has been very challenging. Okay, Stephanie, we've got to go to a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to some, some more to you about uh, Connects Autism Network and this new program. Sounds great. After nine. Since 1986, the Canadian Grandparents' Rights Association has helped families in distress. Its purpose is to promote, support, and assist grandparents in maintaining or re-establishing family ties and family stability where the family has been disrupted. The Canadian Grandparents' Story, Family Matters by Daphne Jennings, outlines the history, activities, and successes of the CGRA and topics such as parental alienation and elder abuse. The Canadian Grandparents' Story, Family Matters by Daphne Jennings, available from Amazon. Four local artisans are putting on a special Valentine's pottery sale, February 13th at Studio 2880. Show Your Love features a variety of handmade mugs, bowls, platters, and many other unique gifts, perfect for those you cherish. COVID protocols are in place, so masks must be worn, hand sanitizer or gloves are required, and social distancing will be enforced. Show Your Love pottery sale, Saturday, February 13th from 9 to 3 at Studio 2880. 2880 15th Avenue. 
The Cold Snap Music Festival 2021 is up and running through February 6th. This year's event is live-streamed with no cover charge at coldsnapfestival.com. Log in each day for performances from a host of great artists from across BC. Don't miss the remaining performances at 7.30 each evening through Saturday at coldsnapfestival.com. Cold Snap 2021 Coldstream. For more details, visit coldsnapfestival.com. A one-time provincial recovery benefit is available for residents of B.C. If you file an income tax return for 2019, you are eligible, whether single or as a family. To apply, you need your social insurance number, your 2019 income, direct deposit information, and a driver's license number if you have one. For more information or to apply for the provincial recovery benefit, visit gov.bc.ca slash recovery benefit. The B.C. recovery benefit application deadline is June 30th. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Stephanie, the Canucks Autism Network, approximately how many clients, I guess, do you have up in the north? Uh, That is a great question. I don't actually have that number at my fingertips right Mm -hmm. now. What I can definitely say is it's growing, which Mm -hmm. is super exciting to see. And, And really, as soon as we launch these virtual programs... Uh, which was last March, we saw slow and steady pickup uh, from families living in the north who were already engaged with us through our other initiatives. And then, you know, we saw some word of mouth spread. And now that we're adding this new device loan initiative and we're talking to people like yourself who are helping us spread the word, uh, we're definitely seeing a slow and steady increase, which is super exciting because we think that there's, you know, there's potential to do even more in the years to come. Yeah. Now, as far as you can tell, is autism starting to lose some of the stigma even with families because i know even a few years ago families didn't like to shall we say admit that one of their children was autistic are you seeing that changing as well as more acceptance of autistic people in the community i would say yes certainly because it, you know it's rare actually to meet someone these days who doesn't know someone mm-hmm. on the autism spectrum um so i think the fact that you know most people know someone who's autistic uh, there's a grow, definitely a growing understanding. And having said that, we certainly still hear from our members that they face challenges. They face a number of challenges feeling misunderstood, feeling that the places that they're going uh, don't quite know how to support them in the way that they need. So I, I think there's been progress, but I think there's still a little ways to go here. Are you finding that a lot of the problems that they maybe encounter are with people who have not um, encountered autistic individuals before, and they're more than willing to make whatever they need to do to make them welcome. They just don't know how to do it. Yeah, I do, I do think there's usually an intention to try to be inclusive, mm-hmm. um, and people really need to be armed with information to understand how to do that. And, you know, this, this these challenges we're talking about, they really vary, right? So you have anything from a family who's trying to have their kids access swimming lessons at their local pool and are struggling with, you know, instructors who need that kind of information, all the way through employers who are looking to hire uh, autistic adults. And we're trying to work with that group as well to help them understand how to make that sort of thing successful. So now when you get, especially like, say, let's say the employers, because that's the one you just brought up, do most of them you find have a fairly at least basic understanding of what autistic individuals are like before they start to try to incorporate them into the workplace? I would say there's a, a very wide range. Mm-hmm. So we work with some incredible champion employers through our different employment initiatives. 
Uh, we do have a ton of employment programming at this point. We've really grown in that area in the last couple of years. Anything from direct support for autistic job seekers to those employer engagement and awareness initiatives, direct employment training skills programs now. So we, we've, we've met the whole range, and what is exciting to me is, you know, I, I do see that growing interest in figuring out inclusive employment and really embracing all the talents and opportunities, I mean, including an autistic adult in your workplace. Now, getting back quickly to the iPads that families can borrow, and they've got some of the stuff preloaded, the six-week programs, are those designated for a specific time each week? Or are they are the programs themselves already preloaded with the idea being that you watch one of them each week? Yeah, so these are actually registered programs. Um, so, like, for example, um, if I've signed up for the social meetup club, mm-hmm. that may be a scheduled event that happens every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. And what's nice about that is um, each Wednesday I get to meet up with the same participants. There's an opportunity to build connection and friendship. Um, so we found that that live experience has been great. Having said that, we've also, like, since the start of the pandemic, uh, done quite a bit of pre-recorded content as well. Mm. So we do have, for example, like, some pre-recorded physical activity sessions for children. Um, And all of that you can find on connectsautism.ca. Yeah, and I guess the nice thing with those pre-recorded ones, especially if physical fitness for children, is mom or dad can basically put it on whenever they've got the time. They don't have to try to figure out, okay, I've got to get the kids sat down in front of the computer at this time of the day. Exactly. And we found, you know, since the start of the pandemic, uh, options are good, right? Mm -hmm. Because different things work for different families. So both in terms of the format of what we're offering, as well as um, certainly like like the content of the program. So just this season, you know, for example, we added science and drama Mm -hmm. and drawing because we recognize that you know, we need to do different things, keep it fresh, and, and try to reach more children with different types of opportunities that might be interesting to them. Now, I remember earlier in the program, you mentioned one of the programs offered was baseball. I'm thinking that one's probably not being offered right now, though, right? <laughs> you know, funny enough, it is. However, oh. having said that, um, that program is quite unique. It's a partnership with um, the Jays Care Foundation, which is mm-hmm. the major charity of the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, and people who register for that program are actually sent by that foundation um, a really cool equipment kit that they get to keep. So it has um, it has stuff to make the activities uh, possible indoors. So it's not all about like throwing the baseball way across the room and hitting it and things like that, although those types of skills are introduced, but they also do just a lot of movement and physical fitness and things like that. Now, having said all that, we are planning to run another session of that program in the spring. And because we've sent some of those equipment kits up to Prince George, we're really hoping to engage some Prince George families, and we're going to hold some spots specifically for families in that area. Because we do think that spring will be a better time for baseball. (laughs) Yes. And now that's that's an interesting one, because I guess to some extent, that's almost like a cross-sport coalition then, isn't it? The Connects Autism Network and Jay's Care. Yeah, one thing we're really proud of is that we do try to develop partnerships mm-hmm. with um, all kinds of organizations, again, that are seeking to be more inclusive. Jay's Care has been amazing. They run the Challenger Baseball Program, yeah. which is actually, uh, you know, in non-COVID times, it's a program that happens through the summer for children with a range of disabilities. Uh, it's a fantastic program. If people are interested in baseball, highly recommend they check that out. Okay, so now we've got to wrap this up pretty quick. If families in Prince George either 
have heard about the uh, iPad program, but they aren't sure how to get involved, or if this is the first they've heard of it, where can they get more information and where can they sign up to possibly get one of these iPads at some point? Yeah, fantastic. So the uh, best place to do that is to visit canucksautism.ca forward slash north. So that is actually the specific landing page that will give you all the information about registering as well as how to access one of those iPads. Wow. Sounds like you guys have got this down to a science. (laughs) We're working on it. We're really working on it. (laughs) Okay. Stephanie Joe, Vice President of the Canucks Autism Network, thank you very much for taking the time to bring us here on this new program as well as the network itself. Yeah. Thank you so much for your interest, and we're really excited to meet some more families in Prince George. Okay. Have a good day. Take care. Okay. Okay, that will just about do it for today's show. Just again, a quick reminder, cold snap, of course, still going on. I do not have the list in front of me for who's playing tonight. But again, they go live on Facebook and the coldsnapfestival.ca page at 7 o'clock. And the show starts at 7.30, two artists each evening. Uh, last night worked out quite nicely. We interviewed Barney Bentall in the morning. And it turned out he and his son had actually come up to Prince George on the weekend to record their segment at the Prince George facility over at, um, I believe it was an Chamon Dance Studio from what he was saying. So that was kind of neat. So it was pre-recorded, but it was recorded on site, if you will. Uh, as I say, I don't know for sure who's on tonight, but I'm sure it'll be a great show. So tune in. Uh, the show starts at 7, entertainment starts at 7.30. And I think tomorrow morning... We'll have a couple more Cold Snap people on After 9. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita, with guest producer Neil Godbu of the Prince George Citizen. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is CFIS 93.1 FM in Prince George, proudly supported by community groups like Theatre Northwest. For the current schedule and tickets, visit theaternorthwest.com.